Praise the Lord. Well, uh, again, I am excited to, um, uh, to be back in Broome, actually. We went away for a little while, so uh, went a, a week. We were away last weekend, and of course, I um, uh, just appreciate the opportunity. We had some great fellowship up there. I uh, spent quite a lot of time uh, enjoying the fellowship of pastors Bruce and Terry up there in Kununurra. Wow, how amazing is the East Kimberley. Wow. And of course, uh, pastors uh, Bruce and Terry are what's known as bivocational pastors. Uh, they work as well. He runs a tourism business, and we felt like we were on a tour. Come on, got to get onto this. Come on, onto this. Got to go see this. And you know, we were touring all over the place and seeing different things and getting great inside tips on where to go while we were there. And of course, uh, we'd already received a good tip from Pastor Jess here, actually, about going to Zebedee Springs. If you're ever up there, make that sure that that's high on your list. What a spot. Just gorgeous. A real highlight was getting to Zebedee. Pastors uh, Bruce and Terry got a great little church going on up there, sharing the gospel to the whosoever, which is what we should be doing. Amen. And if you're headed that way, make sure you drop in, in for a Sunday service, get some fellowship. Pastor Bruce and Terry were probably the first pastors to reach out to us when we first arrived here back in 2015, made a point of bringing us, wanting to get to know us, and they've just been there. And I've always, always said that that link from the top to the bottom of the Kimberley was an important link. And, uh, and how, how good it's been just to know that they're up there praying and we're praying and even just getting some of their prayer needs uh, while I was up there was a, a very important uh, time to have. So, um, so we're, uh, again, just uh, pretty excited about what the Lord's doing and what we've been seeing the Lord is doing and sort of continuing and staying in step with that. How many of you know when the Lord's moving, you've got to stay in step with him? I felt just before Pastor just got up and shared that word that there were many here that just needed to lean in a little bit harder, just lean in a little bit harder to God's heart. And, you know, songs like that one, they're just so easy to sort of reach in and find the spirit and presence of God in a service. So um, I encourage you, you know, sometimes when you come to church, don't hold back. Don't be thinking about other things when we're, you know, having a worship service. Don't, don't see it just like it's a song service, you know, that we're just going to sing some songs. Um, it's a worship time. And we need to press in with all of our hearts and, uh, and get what God's got for us. We've had life-changing moments. I know Rosemary and I have had life-changing moments just in the worship service where the Lord's directed, guided and led us into what he has for us next. So um, don't, um, don't hold back and expect to hear from God. You know, expect to hear from God when you're uh, uh, worshipping the Lord in church. So how many of you know that um, we must see that our ongoing walk with the Lord is an ongoing exercise of growth and maturity. And, um, you know, we should realise that it's a part of the journey that we've been called to is to grow and mature. We go on a journey with God, but it's like this, a, a growth and maturity it continues to take us on to um, heights in him. And, uh, you know, you don't, you don't level out. And if you do find yourself levelling out and saying, well, uh, and, and I find that it's a little bit like this. People, it's not that people say, well, I know it all now. It's almost like they get to a point where they start saying, I know enough. And there's just no more growth. There's no more revelation, no more, you know, insight that God's giving that helps them get on uh, for the rest of their journey. And uh, we've got to watch for that. You know, our best response is to become teachable. 
You know, it doesn't matter, you know, how long uh, you've been around the, the things of God. It doesn't matter how long, uh, you know, you've been around ministry or even pastored. Stay teachable. Let the Lord show you things. Don't go on your own observations. It um, can sometimes, your own observations can rob you. You know, what you think is wise. You know, the Bible says, lean not to your own understanding. Amen. Watch out for your own understanding because sometimes it can rob you of what God's trying to give you and show you. You know, um, you know our, our progress should be to greater Christ-likeness. The more and more we go on, the more and more we should become like Jesus. You know, and, uh, and, and Christ-likeness is a, is a calling, becoming more and more like him. You know, we should understand it's a growth in the word of God. You know, he's given us, you know, his word so that we can become, you know, he was the word made flesh. So we should be a people that are in the word and, and, and you know, pressing in. We have online Bible college. You know, if you're not studying during the word, uh, studying the word during the week, you should find an opportunity to, you know, get in, get in under that word. We've got lots of online uh, material available and uh, the DE course particularly. We just, the more we look at it, the more we go, this is great, great ministry and teaching. So um, ask us about that if you're interested, but it's actually on the, on the uh, PowerPoint after the service as well. But we, we should understand it's growth in the word of God. It's growth in the grace of God that we're called to with the help of the Holy Spirit and his gifts. The help of the Holy Spirit and his gifts. You know, First uh, Peter 2, um, great scripture. It talks there about uh, uh, how we should behave. As we come into Christ, it says, as new and like newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the word, so that by you may grow in respect to salvation. You know, there's a growth in our uh, understanding of salvation. Salvation meaning uh, being made every bit whole. That's where the, the, the root word for salvation, sorry, Greek word, sozo, means to be made every bit whole. You know, there's areas in our life sometimes that are not whole. They're still broken. Amen? And God wants to deal in those areas. You know, it might be something, something from your past that continues to creep into your new life in Christ. That God wants to deal with that. Doesn't matter how long you've been around. You know, there's those little areas uh, in your life that still creep into your thinking, uh, your approach, the steps that you take in given circumstances. And God wants to deal with that. And, uh, and, and, and bring that wholeness, that salvation, that we might grow in respect to salvation, it says. You know, and, and it's in that journey and, and context that we begin to see that the gifts of God uh, that at work in our lives by his Holy Spirit, you know, that, that is his will for our lives, uh, and it become very clear. And uh, we begin to grow in God's grace uh, in the local church uh, where the Lord has planted us. Understand, the Lord plants us in local churches for a reason. Amen? It's not so that we can put nice clothes on on Sunday. All right? Um, or, 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 um, or, or, or find a sweet group of people that we can fellowship and make friends with. It's not for that. Local church is actually a place where we're called to go, be planted and flourish and grow. Can I get an amen on that? You know, it's so very important, you know, um, he has set the five-fold ministry gifts in place in the church to help us grow and mature, to help us grow in that. And uh, I know from 
personal experience and from my experience and observations here and, and knowledge as well that I have as senior minister here at Victory Life Broom, we're not going to rugby tackle anyone. We're not going to try and get anybody into a headlock. We're not going to try and force any type of ministry on people. We look for the willing. We look for those who are saying, I want to grow, I want to mature, can you help me? We're looking for those people. We're not looking for those that are being independent. You're saying, oh, I'm okay, I'm good, you know, I don't need any ministry from the pastors. We're not looking for that, you know. What we're saying is, is that what we want to see is people being willing and hungry for more. And when we can, we'll get alongside and we'll help you to get more. You know, God's got that for you. And, um, and he puts the fivefold ministry gifts there. And, of course, as he helps us on the pathway to being mature sons and daughters, able by God's spirit to discern good and evil. And that's what happens. You know, you, you, it's, it, there's nothing wrong with walking it out with your, with your local church pastor. You know, walking out your desire to grow and mature as a believer. Whatever you do, don't stay where you are. God wants us to progress. God wants us to keep going. And if you're one of those believers that have plateaued out, you know, you grew a bit, you grew a bit, and then you kind of hit this, the, you know, this path. I tell you what, the enemy will be there to try and take you on a downward path. If you stay there long enough, he'll take you on a downward path. Get you into error, deceive you, and get you going off in another direction. And uh, we've found and we talk about the path of destruction. And he'll get you on that as quick as he can if he wants, and if you let him. The path of destruction. That's the one that ends up where you deny him as Lord and Saviour. That's the pathway of destruction. He'll get you on that first. Still a believer? I, I, still be, I don't go to church anymore, but I'm still a believer. Oh, that's good. Good. On the path of destruction. I still believe in Jesus, though. Good. Good. But... You know, you're no longer on this pathway. You're sort of on that pathway. And next thing you know, you're going to be going down on that pathway. Amen? Can I get an amen this morning? You've got to watch out. God's given the church for a reason. And I say it's not just so that we can be a happy, clappy bunch of people on Sunday morning. It's so that we can live this life out that we're called to live out. You know, and the thing we need to see is, is that um, uh, in that in that growth and maturity, you know, uh, able by God's spirit to discern both good and evil and not easily tossed to and fro by cunning craftiness and plotting. Cunning craftiness and plotting. It's in the Bible. I'll read it to you. Our enemy is a deceiver. And we do have an enemy that's out there. He's in the business of lies. Someone said, how do you know when the devil's lying? When you see his lips moving. That's because that's his pattern. That's his pathway. That's what he's chosen. Jesus described him as the father of lies. And we have to be careful through the word that we don't believe one of those lies and get off track. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11 to 13. I'll read it to you, but listen into this. It's a great scripture. It says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Uh, for the equipping of the saints... For the work of ministry. It's into the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. In other words, we're becoming more like him, more like Jesus. Amen? To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Listen to this last bit. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. 
There's an enemy out there. And guess what? He weaponizes people. Amen. And we see this in Scripture that the fivefold gifting has its uh, key purpose in the local church, the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. The fivefold gifts are given uh, by God to the body of Christ to build up and mature the church. The fivefold leadership gifts help people to find their place of calling and their service. And the gifting that God allows uh, or plants into someone's life is for that purpose. Amen? For that purpose. And there's no greater joy, I believe, for fivefold ministers and and, uh, those that are called to the fivefold ministry and those different giftings is to identify giftings in other people and go, look what, you've got a gifting in this area. I'd love to help help, help you get into the full use of it. There's no greater joy, I believe. And um, identifying God's giftings in other people's lives is a, is a thrill for fivefold ministers. Notice how uh, Paul defines the immature. He likens them to children uh, who, in the context, should be locking into uh, fivefold church leadership, receiving from their ministry, and uh, for the purposes of a growth and maturity. The result, when they don't, is that they stay immature and tossed to and throw by every uh, uh, wind of doctrine and by the trickery of men. And uh, there in the scriptures, uh, uh, who are these tricky men, someone might say? Who are these tricky men, men and women, I believe? Uh, Well, uh, they are cunning and crafty, very subtle. They attempt to bring unbiblical doctrines so that those that listen to them are tossed to and fro between what's right and what's wrong, uh, what's incorrect, what's right. And, um, and, of course, from time to time, I'm sorry to say, church, we notice that they come in among us. They come in among the, the, the church. Look what it says in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 15. This is Jesus talking. He says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You'll know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Verse 17, even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. Look for the fruit. Look for the fruit of it. So glad that we've uh, broadened uh, in recent months and have had already those active gifts among us, um, but broadened our fivefold leadership here at Victory Life Broome because um, we need a leadership that will shepherd the sheep. We need a leadership that will keep an eye out for wolves. No one shouting amen. I think you should be shouting amen. We've broadened the shoulders, you know, and that's one of the, one of the things that actually occurs um, when you broaden the shoulders. You've got others that are shepherding the sheep, keeping an eye out. And, um, you know, the diligent pastoral leadership will discern them and protect the congregation from the damage that they could possibly do in the lives of people. We don't want people getting off onto the pathway of destruction because of a lie they heard from someone who just snuck in and were allowed to get away with it. Better than that, for each church member is to know how to spot a wolf. How about that? What if you know how to spot a wolf and we teach you that? Why don't we? Here's the first one. Okay, this is spotting a wolf. Here's the obvious one. Wolves come in sheep's clothing. You say, well, that doesn't really help. (laughs) But to the undiscerning, they look and behave just like sheep. They keep on being lovely and sweet and kind, even after they're challenged about deceptive behaviours. That's amazing to me. 
They actively seek out those that are unable to discern and, and, and um, uh, discern them and who will listen to them and take on board their spiritual... Oh, they're being so friendly. I should listen to what they have to say. And, uh, and, and who carry also the, the, uh, a spiritual air of maturity when in actual fact there's not one there. And they have a, 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 an air of superiority that will uh, um, uh, allow them to, uh, to pull off the car park prophecy. Ever heard of the car park prophecy? The car park prophecy is given in the car park because they know the pastor wouldn't let them give one inside the church, you see. Would probably hold them up, pull them up and stop them. So it's a car park prophecy. Watch out for people wanting to prophesy you in the car park or down at the markets or, you know, down near Coles when they haven't prophesied in the church here, you know. Why are they doing that? And we'll get to it. You know, um, and and another point about that is I don't build anything that's lasting. You know, have mercy, Lord. Have mercy. You know, we've seen this behaviour here in this church and and, uh, it's something that, you know, obviously you pray for the person, but you know that there's a spirit behind that work and uh, it's something that needs to be uh, stopped in the spirit. We had a dear visitor one time that just said, yeah, you've got to cancel their assignments. And it's like, absolutely, absolutely you do. You know, because it's uh, the, the darkness, uh, you know, the, the power of darkness behind uh, that deception is causing that to occur. And, of course, they're just serving themselves and their deluded sense of calling. And, of course, with a quiet conversation with the unsuspecting, and the Lord sees it. And, you know, I remember in our early pioneering days, and I was only thinking about this the other day, because uh, we were talking about circumstances, you know, when you're starting out, you're pioneering, you're really, your facilities aren't so good. And we, have, we had stepped, we'd gone back to a default position. We were hiring what was called the library room. We weren't even hiring the supper room anymore. That was, that was too expensive for us. And so we'd found, we'd found a, hi, uh, uh, um, a room that we could hire for $15 a week. And um, it was called the library room. It was like an old library room that had been vacated and it was just a room we could hire. It had no heating and we were in the coldest part of Queensland. And uh, Rosemary used to take the kids out to Sunday school uh, at the entrance. You know, so when you walked in, there's like this little area. So she'd take them out to Sunday school right there in the entrance where you walked in. And, uh, you know, um, (laughs) but how many of you know? That when you start out in ministry, you should not despise a day of small things, you know. That's a truth that should always carry in our hearts, you know. And um, we certainly didn't uh, despise a day of small things and, and saw a better day coming. But there I was one day, and of course it was an elevated room, and it looked down over the car park, and you could look out to see who was coming and who was late. Uh, we could see all those things uh, from, the, from the library room, uh, looking down on the window and the, and the car park. And up comes this old farm you. And I was quite interested because I think it was an old F.J. Holden farm ute that pulled up. And I thought, oh, that's a classic. You know, 1948 um, uh, or 1950s uh, uh, F.J. Holden. And I, I, um, I noted that the gentleman that got out of the car got out with a suit on and he looked like he was ready for church. And uh, even I wasn't wearing a suit. But he was wearing a suit and he got out and he tucked his Bible under his arm as he got out of, uh, out of there and he, of course, walked up and up the stairs, past the kids' church, <laughs> and uh, into, into the building. And, of course, um, uh, you know, I met him at the door because I could. I could see him coming. So I went and met him. And, oh, God, I said, good morning. Good to see you here in church today. And, um, and he says, yes, my name's uh, 
I think it was Norm. He says, my name's Norm and uh, I'm a prophet around these parts. And uh, I said, oh, are you now? <laughs> I said, oh, that's very nice to know. And, um, and as we shook hands, I kind of drew him a little bit closer to me and I said, I just want you to know that really appreciate if you have a word for the Lord from me or for the church. But what I want you to do is I want you to run it by me first. All right, if you don't mind, because I didn't know the guy. And of course, he sat quietly and didn't, didn't say a word. But I was ready to hear a word if he had one. But, you know, I didn't know him. So I wasn't going to receive his prophecy, you know, or give him the mic to speak out across the church, you know. And there's a safety in that, you know. Amen. And, um, and of course, I never did see him again after that, by the way. Never did come back to church to say, oh, they've got a shepherd in that church, you know. And um, so, you know, you look back in hindsight and you think, oh, well, you know, at least, um, at least we stopped any damage being done. Number two, they have a lack of accountability. They don't want to be obedient to any leadership. Wolves are like that. Actually, they see themselves as knowing it all. And um, as I said before, and if not, they think they know enough. And that's quite dangerous. A good question for them is this. Who is your pastor? Because mostly a wolf won't have a pastor. They've, uh, they've uh, uh, exceeded the need to have a pastor and um, off they go. And uh, usually if you ask that question, you'll get a long pause because they haven't got a pastor. No one's speaking into their life but Jesus. Yeah. Do you get it? You see? So um, again, it's just a little tell that you should watch for. Hebrew chapter, um, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17 in the Amplified Version says this, Obey your spiritual leaders. And look, anyone that's been in this church for any time will know we're not trying to run, you know, run around with great authority telling everybody what they should do or speaking into people's lives. We look for the willing. We look for those who, who want that, you know, that, that uh, level of ministry. And um, it says there, obey your spiritual leaders, submit to them, recognising their authority over you, for they are keeping watch over your souls, continually guarding your spiritual welfare as those who will give an account of their stewardship of you. Let them do this with joy and not with grief and groans. For this would be of no benefit to you. You know, your behaviour toward leadership is so important. Embrace them. You know, we have other pastors here as well, you know, you can get around and probably find time with. And, uh, you know, the senior ministers are often so busy and, uh, and caught up with one thing or another. But, you know, we have other pastors here that you can connect with and, and, um, and maybe share things about what's going on in your life. You know, the false teacher and the false prophet is identified by their independence of any leadership structure. You'll see that. Why? Because usually they don't want to build a following. I should say they do want to build a following and, uh, and don't want to be accountable to anyone for what they're doing. They're looking for that following, you know. Yeah, they've gone rogue. Amen. They've gone rogue. And as, and, and as you would expect uh, the wolves to behave, they're not going to get around or be accountable to the local church pastors or shepherds in case they are discovered. Wow. Number three, and I'm, I'm starting to push through because I know I have time. Number three, they're usually critical of the church leadership. Watch out when you're in conversations and the conversation gets around the church leadership and there starts to be a bit of a, you know, a bit of a question of the church leadership and, oh, about this and about that and probably shouldn't have done that, etc. Watch out for those conversations. 
I'm not saying that you know people talking you know talking about a different view and opinion is a wolf, but I'm saying that's wolf-like behaviour. Understand that it could be a bit of a tell as to uh, where a person's heading. You know, I don't know any church that's perfect, and if you came here thinking this was the perfect church, I'd be the first one to uh, tell you that it's not. I heard someone say that if you do find a perfect church, don't join it because it won't be perfect anymore. <laughs> but, you know, we're not the perfect church and, you know, you'll find things that maybe we could do better and good on you, you know, give yourself a pat on the back or a gold star, you know, for finding things that we could do better. But, you know, what, what we want to do is we want to serve the Lord. We want to have his heart and uh, see as he sees. And, you know, we've, we've established that as our purpose as a church. We're a church with a purpose, and we believe that raising up sons and daughters is our, is our highest calling, you know. Raising sons and daughters who have God's heart, you know, teaching people how to follow and pursue that and go after that. And when you do have God's heart, guess what you get? You get to see what he sees. You get to see from his viewpoint, his vantage point. You know, not even at the lowest level of relating to leadership, you know, which is honouring, you know, honouring the leadership. In fact, they'll be found undermining the church leadership, speaking about them in ways that degrades and demotes church leadership. And uh, number four, they actively seek out the weak, those that are weak in doctrine, immature, you know, not, not, you know can't rub too many scriptures together. They go looking for the immature and have not developed their spiritual senses to discern good and evil. Even those that are not yet able to know that check in your spirit when something's not right, haven't developed that, haven't got that, that uh, spiritual sense working in their life. You know, if God was giving them one, you know, and that's, and that's when the Lord gives you uh, that little inner witness when something's not right. You know, when that happens, you're supposed to press in a little harder to find out what God's saying to you. And you get that little irk. Had it, had it happened to us while we were away, didn't we? He's got a bit of an irk and we thought, what's that? What's that? And it was like a little forewarning, wasn't it? Amen. That's when the Lord gives you those little moments where he's actually trying to help you to avoid. And, um, you know, the Bible says that the, the devil roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And, you know, if you've ever seen watched watch the wildlife movies, you, you'll know how he does it. You know, they, they, you know, those lions that go chasing the wildlife and they go after the weak one. They go after the little ones. They go after the slower ones. And, you know, it's out for devouring. And, um, and of course, we should take uh, advice from that. First Peter chapter 5 talks about that. But a divisive man seeks to have you stand with them. That's what a divisive person is trying to get you to do, is to stand with them. It's called division. And, um, and of course, 1 Titus 3 and verse 9, just a couple of scriptures to go. 1 Titus chapter 3 and verse 9 to 10, it says, But avoid foolish disputes, genealogies, contentions, and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and useless. Look what it says, verse 10. Reject a divisive man after the first and second admonition, knowing that such a person is warped and sinning, being self-condemned. Wow, a divisive person. You know, you will notice that we don't give the microphone to everyone who would like it. We just don't. And the apostle 
does not mince his words. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he says this in verse 13. For such are false prophets, sorry, false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is of no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. Wow. You know, that's really quite, you know, deceptive. There's a whole change. There's a transformation going on. But um, not the one that God's giving, not the one that God brings. And, of course, this is where the church leadership will listen for the Lord's guidance. You know, operate in that gift of discerning of spirits and apply the, the authority that God gives over the works of darkness. And spiritual warfare, if you haven't ever gotten involved with it, just let you know it goes on. There's a spiritual war going on continuously, pushing back the powers of darkness, stopping him from having an effect, uh, uh, in, in, certainly in this ministry. And, um, and, of course, the church leadership is diligent to engage in spiritual warfare. We take time to correctly identify different spirits at work and, uh, and we go to work resisting those works, cancelling assignments, those works of darkness, and of course, and, and with the authority that's been granted by the Lord to fivefold leadership, sent ones, called ones. And, um, you know, um, I, I, I like this verse as well because it's the, the, the best thing to do uh, that you'll find if you ever feel that you're under attack. Uh, James chapter 4 and verse 7, it says, Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Never have to be afraid of the devil because if you resist him, he'll flee. Yeah. You know, yeah. as when you start trying to play and, and, and think that's all great and all good, that's when it becomes a problem. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded, it says. Resisting the devil is not just an activity for those that are called to oversee the church. It's up to each of us to recognise that we have authority over the works of darkness and that the key to the devil's retreat is our active resistance, you know, and a part of uh, the need to discern what the Lord is saying in spiritual warfare, understanding that at times those caught up, caught up in the works of darkness are just needing a prayerful believer to help them out of their captivity. Yeah. That's the truth too. Look what it says, and I'll, I believe this is the first, uh, last scripture, I should say. Second Timothy chapter 2, and it says in verse 24 to 26, and it says, and the servant of the Lord must not quarrel but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient. In humility, correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, caught up by him, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Wow. Is that possible for the Christian? Sure is. The believer? Yep, sure is. Taken captive by him to do his will. That's that weaponizing thing where we give in to our, our fleshly emotions, those emotions, and, and, and let them be the driving force of, of our purposes and the things that we do. We've got to watch out for that. Don't let your flesh rule you. Let you, you know, make sure that you're a spirit-led Christian, not a flesh-led Christian. Can I get an amen this morning? 
I know I'm going a little bit longer, but someone else took up all my time earlier on. I don't know who it, who it was, but someone did. All right. <laughs> um, always good to blame others. I, I heard that somewhere, but anyway. Um, where does the Lord build his people toward his destiny and work out his callings for the lives of his people? I tell you, it's in the local church. You know, it's a play. You're not going to get it watching YouTube. Sorry. There's a lot of good stuff on there, but there's a lot of bad stuff on there as well. It's through the local church. It's through someone who knows you and loves you and cares for you and wants the best for you. Find those people in the church. You know, it's a place of God's grace, safety and protection. And when we've been planted, the Lord's intention is that we mature and grow and flourish. And, you know, we should look for that, you know. And, you know, I feel like, I feel like saying this is that there's some who actually need to have a, have a fresh go at it. Some need to have a fresh start at being planted, allowing the Lord to uh, bring some insights and directions and growth in, and maturity that you've not experienced before. And it's like a fresh start, a fresh do-over, if you like. And God's calling a few to that today. And um, I'll, I'll let the Lord show you who that is. But, you know, um, and, and in that, watch what he does. You know, the, the restoration that occurs to your correct pathway is often so very much speeded up when we just simply humble ourselves under his mighty hand and let him exalt us. Praise the Lord. I've seen, I've seen examples of this recently and I, ta- I look at it and I say, God, you are so good. God, you are so gracious. God, you're so forgiving. And he knows how to restore to the proper path. Amen? Amen.